0: Hello and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I'm your host, Terence M. Stanton. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is devoted to promoting the full message of Our Lady of Fatima and helping bring souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that promoting the message of Our Lady of Fatima and the consecration of Russia to the Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart by the Pope and all of the bishops of the world in union with him is literally the most important thing that's going on in the world today and something that needs to be talked about, something that needs to happen. And in order for there to be any sort of change in the world, any sort of turnaround from this satanic regime that we seem to be under globally, whether you're talking about Australia or New Zealand or in the United States or just about any country in the world you can think of. The only solution to what ails us is not from a politician. It does not come from any sort of ideology. It comes from doing what the Blessed Mother asked us to do back in 1917. We all have our part to play. Not just the Pope, not just the bishops, but the laity too. So, As an introduction, and I'm sure many of you who have stumbled upon this podcast by the grace of God already know about the message of Our Lady of Fatima, but I'd like to share a little bit about it with you right now from the Fatima Center, which is a wonderful resource to go to for information about Our Lady of Fatima. So here's a quick history of the apparitions. The Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, appeared six times to three shepherd children, the three seers, near the town of Fatima, Portugal between May 13th and October 13th, 1917. Appearing to the children, the Blessed Virgin told them that she had been sent by God with a message for every man, woman, and child living in our century. Coming at a time when civilization was torn asunder by war and bloody violence, She promised that heaven would grant peace to all the world if her requests for prayer, reparation, and consecration were heard and obeyed. If my requests are granted, there will be peace. Our Lady of Fatima explained to the children that war is a punishment for sin and warned that God would further castigate the world for its disobedience to his will by means of war, hunger, and the persecution of the church the Holy Father, and the Catholic faithful. God's mother prophesied that Russia would be God's chosen instrument of chastisement, spreading the errors of atheism and materialism across the earth, fomenting wars, annihilating nations, and persecuting the faithful everywhere. If my requests are not granted, Russia will spread its errors throughout the world, raising up wars and persecutions against the Church, The good will be martyred, the Holy Father will suffer much, and various nations will be annihilated. In all her appearances at Fatima, the Blessed Mother repeatedly emphasized the necessity of praying the rosary daily, of wearing the brown scapular of Mount Carmel, and of performing acts of reparation and sacrifice. To prevent the terrible chastisement at the hands of Russia, and to convert that poor nation, Our Lady requested the solemn public consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart by the Pope and all the Catholic bishops of the world. She also asks that the faithful practice a new devotion of reparation on the first Saturday of five consecutive months. And as I'm recording this, the first Saturday of October is tomorrow. I'll talk a little bit about the five first Saturdays momentarily. The heart of Our Lady's message to the world is contained in what has come to be called The Secret, which she confided to the three child seers in July 1917. The secret actually consists of three parts, the first two of which have been publicly revealed. The first part of the secret was a horrifying vision of hell, where the souls of poor sinners go, and contained an urgent plea from Our Lady for acts of prayer and sacrifice to save souls. The second part of the secret specifically prophesied the outbreak of World War II and contained the Mother of God's solemn request for the consecration of Russia as a condition for world peace. It also predicted the inevitable triumph of her Immaculate Heart, following Russia's consecration and the conversion of, quote, that poor nation to the Catholic faith. The last part of the secret, often called the third secret, has not yet been made public, but was written down by Lucy dos Santos, the last living Fatima seer, in 1944 and has been in possession of the Holy See since 1957. Most informed sources speculate that this portion of the secret concerns chaos in the Catholic Church, predicting widespread apostasy and a loss of faith beginning in the 7th decade of the 20th century. And since then, Sister Lucy has gone on to her eternal reward, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in future episodes, but there was a very controversial revelation of what's known as the Third Secret by the Vatican in 2000, but many people believe that um, the entire Third Secret wasn't revealed, including Mother Angelica, may she rest in peace, who said, personally, I don't think we got all of it. And I would tend to agree with Mother Angelica. And now for a little bit more about the devotion of the first five Saturdays. On the evening of Thursday, December 10th, 1925, after supper, Sister Lucy dos Santos, then a postulant in the Dorothean house at Ponte Spain, received a visit by the child Jesus and the Virgin Mary in her convent cell. Showing the young nun a heart surrounded by thorns, Our Lady said to her, See, my daughter, my heart surrounded by thorns, which ungrateful men pierce at every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. Say to all those who for five months on the first Saturday confess, receive Holy Communion, recite the rosary, and keep me company for fifteen minutes while meditating on the fifteen mysteries of the rosary in a spirit of reparation. I promised to assist them at the hour of death with all the graces necessary for the salvation of their souls. Charged with this mission, by heaven's king and queen, the 18-year-old nun immediately began the work of making their requests for this new devotion known. She informed her mother superior at once, as well as her priest confessor, Father Leno Garcia. It was he, in fact, who ordered Lucy to immediately write down everything which concerned the revelation. Later, she would write at even greater depth to Bishop Pereira Lopez and many others, striving to establish in the hearts of those around her the urgency of promoting this wonderful new gift of grace. Writing to her own mother two years following our Lord and Our Lady's visit, Sister Lucy begged her to adopt this new devotion, which, quote, I know is so pleasing to God, and which our dear Heavenly Mother has requested, end quote. And another letter written after the first steps, had been taken to gain official church approval of the devotion, she emphasized its critical importance in saving souls, quote, You cannot imagine how great is my joy in thinking about the consolation that the holy hearts of Jesus and Mary are going to receive of the great number of souls who are going to be saved through this amiable devotion, End quote. Through the tireless efforts of Sister Lucy and others, this great yet simple devotion has, over the last seven decades, spread around the world, uniting millions in a universal and continuous act of reparation that seeks to console the hearts of Jesus and Mary and to save souls everywhere. Sister Lucy herself has written that the greatest joy she feels is to see the Immaculate Heart of our so tender Mother known, loved, and consoled by the means of this devotion. During the course of the apparitions at Fatima, the three child seers were taught five unique and powerful prayers, two by the Angel of Peace and three by the Mother of God. Later, appearing to Sister Lucy at Rayano, Spain, our Lord Jesus Christ dictated two further prayers. For millions of people, these prayers are today a living embodiment of the message of hope and peace, which Our Lady gave the world at Fatima. In the past few years, through the efforts of Our Lady's apostolate, a pious practice has developed of reciting one or more of these prayers on a daily basis. The following schedule of prayers is a suggestion only. Please feel free to recite them in any order which you find most comforting and appropriate. For Monday, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Tuesday, O my Jesus, it is for love of thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer this sacrifice to thee. Wednesday, O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need. Thursday, O Most Holy Trinity, I adore thee. My God, my God, I love thee and the Most Blessed Sacrament. Friday, Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. Saturday, By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. Sunday, most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I adore thee profoundly, and offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference with which he himself is offended, and by the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. So that is a little bit of the background pertaining to the message of Our Lady of Fatima. It's a message of conversion, a message of penance, ultimately a message of hope. And it's something we can all be involved in because we all have our role to play. We have the Pope and all the bishops of the world performing the consecration of Russia to the Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart hopefully very soon. She's been waiting patiently for a long time. And we have our part to play as well. Obviously, the bishops of the world um, number uh, a very few men in terms of the rest of the global population, but we can all do our part doing that first Saturday devotion. Once again, you can head over to Fatima.org to get a treasure trove of information about the Our Lady of Fatima devotion. And this is the most important thing in the world, in my humble opinion. We see what's happening and what's happened over the world since March of 2020, with businesses and churches being closed, with people being scared about getting sick, people getting scared about dying, whatever you think about that and what's going on in the world, uh, there seems to be an almost irrational fear of death. And Sister Lucy talked about a diabolical disorientation going on in the world, and there is a diabolical disorientation in the world. I think that's because, as Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said, connecting this back to Russia, He spoke about the old people in his village when he was a a boy, saying men have forgotten God. This is when, of course, the Bolshevik Revolution was happening, 1917, a very big year in regards to Fatima, and of course, a terrible year for the Russian people. The Bolsheviks take over, and the reign of terror begins under Lenin escalates under Stalin but Solzhenitsyn said the elderly people in his village who may not have had a wonderful formal education but they were devout Christians and they had a lot of common sense and they said men have forgotten God. Isn't that the case friends in our society nowadays? Men have forgotten God. We have our devices, speaking into an iPhone right now, something that would have been unthinkable up until relatively recently in the history of man. All of these devices, all of these computers, all of these phones, being able to send information incredibly, in an incredibly fast manner, All around the world, seemingly all at once, we have all this information at our fingertips, but what are we doing with it? And what are we pursuing ultimately? Are we pursuing the Lord's will for our lives? Or are we pursuing our own will? I believe very strongly that God has a general will for everyone, that is to be saved, to be with him forever in the beatific vision for all eternity. Experiencing bliss, experiencing joy beyond anything we can possibly imagine. But I also believe that he has a specific will for our lives that only we can achieve. There are things in this life that only I can achieve, things in this life that only you can achieve by the grace of Almighty God. It's our mission and Part of our gift back to him, if you will, for his tremendous gift of life, is discerning, aided by prayer, aided by sacraments. What are the gifts the Lord has given me? And how can I make use of what he's given? And give it as a gift back to him, pursuing his will in all things, trying to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish for his greater glory And for the salvation of souls. There are things that only we specifically can do. And part of the joy of life, part of the great adventure of life, is finding out what that is. And then wholeheartedly and passionately pursuing it. It's part of the reason why I've decided to start this podcast. I'm passionate about this devotion. I'm passionately in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm passionately in love with Our Lady of Fatima. And let us not forget, my friends, that this pontificate, the pontificate of Pope Francis, was dedicated at its onset, was consecrated to Our Lady of Fatima. So she's not done working with Pope Francis. She's not done working with everyone else. She's always working. She's tireless. She's always bringing souls to the Lord. Think of so many images of the Blessed Mother, Um, be it Our Lady of Prompt Succor, be it Our Lady of Fatima, she's always with Jesus. She's always bringing Jesus, usually in the form of a child, right? The child Jesus, because who can say no to the innocence, to the beauty, to the grandeur of the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, especially as a child. And indeed in the last uh, vision associated with Our Lady of Fatima and the great miracle, the miracle of the sun in October of 1917, St. Joseph is there. And it's St. Joseph who's holding Jesus. And this year has been dedicated by Pope Francis to St. Joseph, of course. I'm sure many of you know that. I had the privilege of seeing Father Calloway speak a couple years ago in the run-up to his book pertaining to consecration to St. Joseph, and one of the prayers he asked for in the back of the book and at that time during his talk was asking that the Pope would declare a year of St. Joseph, a year acknowledging St. Joseph and his role in the Holy Family, his role in salvation history, and Father Callaway's take, and it's certainly a, a very Uh, sagacious thought on his part was that the world has kind of forgotten about devotion to St. Joseph. He's the forgotten man. And you figure the foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has this huge responsibility in salvation history, but it's almost like we've forgotten about him down throughout the ages. And there are graces that are to be achieved And to be received through developing that relationship with St. Joseph that many of us, and I I put myself at the the forefront of that list, um, have have forgotten about. A gentleman named Steve Wood from the Family Life Center, he was the founder of uh, St. Joseph's Covenant Keepers. He certainly never forgot about St. Joseph. God bless good men like Steve Wood. He's been talking about devotion to St. Joseph for a long time now. So it's my hope and my prayer, and it certainly was Father Calloway's prayer, when he asked for people to pray that a year of St. Joseph will be declared. And lo and behold, by the grace of God, it's happened. So think about Pope Francis. There's the consecration at the beginning of his papacy to the Blessed Mother, specifically under the title of Our Lady of Fatima, and now, at least through uh, the early portion of December, we're still in the year of St. Joseph. So the Holy Family is going to continue to work in this pontificate and all subsequent ones. They haven't given up, certainly, and we can't give up either. Keep showing up, like Dr. Ralph Martin says. Keep showing up. And keep the faith. Because one way or another, the will of Almighty God is going to be done in the world. Things seem rough right now. Things seem difficult, and they are. I'm not going to deny the fact that we're living through tough times. And we're living through um, some rather remarkable times. But there are graces to be had. Keep praying that rosary every single day. Make the first five Saturdays devotions. Keep trusting in the Lord and keep loving the Blessed Virgin Mary. My beautiful nieces, uh, one of them is always telling everyone who will listen to love Mary more. You know, love the Blessed Mother more. We can't love her enough. She's always going to lead souls to Jesus. Jesus. So I'm looking forward to uh, many more episodes, hopefully, by the grace of God of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I just wanted to introduce you to the devotion, and initially if you were unaware of it, and hopefully in further episodes we can delve deeper, um, not only into the message of Our Lady of Fatima, but uh, also Jesus' incredible love for you and for me and for every single person we will ever meet in our lives. And I'd like to conclude this episode with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or per nobis peccatoribus, Nunc et mortis nostrae amen. Virgo potens ora per nobis, Sanctiosef terra daimonem ora per Thank you once again for joining us on the Our Lady of Fatima pro- podcast. My name is Terence M. Stanton, and I greatly look forward to talking to you in future episodes. Goodbye, and God love you.